The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fretz. On this 61st episode of the Fretzelmania podcast, Vince McMahon is looking for an assistant. Also, Chris Jericho versus Edge and Kurt Angle versus the undisputed champion Triple H in a non-title match. Also, Hulk Hogan and Triple H have a face-off ahead of their title match at Backlash. Al Snow versus Chuck Palumbo and Tajiri takes on the Hurricane. All that and more this week on Fretzelmania. Now, at the time of recording, it is the week following the 2022 Royal Rumble. And if you want to know my thoughts on that show, I did a Fretz's Fave 5 of my favorite five moments from that pay-per-view <clears throat> premium live event. And if you want to know what they are, go on over to the Wrestle Attic Radio Patreon and find out. This month, it is free. The next premium live event, FFV, will not. So join our Patreon for five bucks a month. You get exclusive content such as that. And 15% off of our merch on Spring. We recently dropped some new stuff, so you're just going to have to wait and see what it is. Oh, but those are actually only for our patrons first, before they go to the general public. So that's all the more incentive to join the Russell Attic Radio Patreon, the cure for the common wrestling Patreon. Now, before I get into SmackDown from April 11th, Monday Night Raw from April 8th, 2002, from the America West Arena in Phoenix, Arizona, we had Bubba Ray Dudley retaining the Hardcore Championship against Goldust, X-Pac defeated Kane in a no-holds-barred, good lord, falls count anywhere match. Spike Dudley defeated William Regal to win the European Championship in just three seconds. That is, of course, William Regal had the brass knucks, but Spike Dudley whopped Regal in the face with them before the bell rang, rolled them up, and won the title. The Undertaker defeated Rob Van Dam in an undisputed championship number one contender match. There is another match later in the show, and the two winners get to face off for the number one contendership at Backlash. Also, Molly Holly defeated Trish Stratus. This is when Molly had her new gimmick after dropping the Mighty Molly moniker and becoming, I don't know, a mom or something? I I'm not sure. Kind of like a, a classy lady. Also, The Big Show defeated Mr. Perfect, and Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Scott Hall in the other championship contender match, and he will face The Undertaker for the actual number one contendership at Backlash. The winner of that match faces the undisputed champion 
at Judgment Day. Are you confused yet? Because I am. Also, on April 13th, 2002, we had quite a historic show if you're a fan of indie wrestling out of Australia that was kind of the precursor to TNA. And that is, of course, the WWA. This is their second pay-per-view, I believe. The first one was Revolution. I covered this one. I think I covered this one in the past. It was one that was taped in 2001 and aired on pay-per-view in 2002. And yes, it, it ages quite well because that event had Jerry the King Lawler and Stacy the Cat Carter who were just fresh off of a WWE release. Jerry Lawler would, would of course, come back to the Fed following the Survivor Series and would be divorced from the cat at that point. So this event featured a WWA International Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. The results of this show are... Strange, to say the least. There's some bangers on here. But then, of course, there is a match in here I'm going to get into in a second. Uh, AJ Styles defeated Nova, that is, of course, the future Simon Dean, in a tournament semifinal match. In the next tournament semifinal, Jerry Lynn defeated Chucky Chaos. I don't know who that is. There was no Wikipedia entry for Chucky, so we will move on to... Ugh... Teo defeated, and I quote, Puppet the Psycho Dwarf in a hardcore small persons match. I do believe that the M word is derogatory, and I'm not going to say it here. In a tag team match, play a player, Brian Christopher and Ernest the Cat Miller defeated the Dream Team from the NWO B Squad of Buff Bagwell and Stevie Ray. Alan Funk, a.k.a. Kwiwi, defeated PCO in a singles match. And in the tournament final for the WWA Cruiserweight Championship, mirroring their future X Division Championship feud later in 02, AJ Styles defeated Jerry Lynn to become the inaugural WWA International Cruiserweight Champion. In a steel cage match, Sabu defeated Devin Storm, a.k.a. Crowbar. Shout out to Crowbar, who follows me on Twitter. Fantastic follow, cuts awesome promos on the platform, and had a match on AEW Dark against Joey Janela earlier this year? Was it this year? It might have been late last year. Time was weird. It is already Groundhog Day, and Wyerton Willie did not see his shadow, so spring is coming early to Southern Ontario. Medeja defeated Queen Bee in an evening gown match, and no, it is not our lovely Queen Bee themselves, V.K. Murphy. It is someone else who doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. And K would have been very young in 02, so that would have not been something to see. Scott Steiner 
defeated Nathan Jones to win the WWA Championship with Sid Vicious serving as a special guest outside enforcer. Now this match, this match, good lord, event took place in the Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne, Australia, airing on tape delay in the United States on April the 14th, and it was taped the day before on the 13th. The WWA is uh, a fascinating company to go back and look at. You know, much like the XWF the year before, wrestling promotions were birthed out of a desire to become an alternate as the WWE bought WCW and ECW. There were a lot of people out there who were dying for an alternative. But later in 02, that alternative will be born. And I'm going to talk a little bit about NWA TNA each week when the time comes. And now it is time for SmackDown from April 11th, 2002. We are not live from the University of Arizona Arena, I think, in Tucson, Arizona. We have the tease for the co-main events of Jericho versus Edge and Kurt Angle versus Triple H. Kurt Angle starts off the show cutting a promo complaining about Triple H complaining about the championship match between him and Hulk Hogan at Backlash. And, you know, he says that, you know, in a move that was deemed good for business by Mr. McMahon, he made Triple H versus Hogan for the undisputed championship. Puh, may I add, Lee's. And I would have popped so hard if you went, pacha. And if you know that one, um, <laughs> you're about as old as me, and it's making me feel hella old. And I'm only turning 38 this year. So, Kurt Angle goes on to say that, does Vince think that people want to see that match? Hogan going for the title ahead of your Olympic hero? I beat Russians and Iranians tougher than Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik, referencing Hogan. And... Yeah, Volkov and Sheik, uh, they're legit tough in their day, so I'll have to hold you to that, Kurt. And if that's not bad enough, Ric Flair makes The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin for the number one contendership at Backlash, so I won't be getting a title match in the near future for a long time. Deafening you suck chants are drowning out Kurt's promo, and the fans are happy that Kurt Angle won't be getting a title shot. While Kurt Angle will get a shot here and there, he would not hold the WWE title until the end of this year, and we're going to get there. Kurt Angle says that he is better than anyone on Raw and SmackDown, and you know it. Tonight, I requested Triple H to prove what would have happened if Vince McMahon didn't go mental. Here we are 20 years later, and Vince McMahon has gone mental. And the fans are all chanting, what? And uh, the only what that you'll be chanting is, what? A butt-kicking that Triple H is going to take. Cues the fans to start chanting for Triple H. Kurt Angle just says, you know, 
You people are just plain rude. What do you mean, you people? I don't have... What? I didn't have what when I won the gold medals. Every time I say a sentence, how about you say it's true? What? And then you think you know me. Uh, Durango number 95. Something something Rob Zombie's never going to stop is playing. I like that it's on the network because there are other edge matches where he was supposed to have Rob Zombie that don't and some that do, but also these smackdowns bleep the word ass and bitch. So you can't have Danhausen out there calling Colton and Austin Gunn ass boys because you'd have bleeps. Edge says that, Kurt, you won your gold medal. Yeah, it was inspiring, but that was six years ago. Dude, live in the present. Wrestling Twitter can benefit from that. I can help you. You may be without title matches right now, but we have business to settle at Backlash, and it would be my honor to kick your ass. So at Backlash, you know, as per your match request, I'm going to say something that you don't hear often. It's a date. Ouch. I feel attacked. Seriously. And Edge is like, yeah, you have a point. They shouldn't chant what when you speak. They should chant something else. Something special. Something Kurt Angle. They should chant, you suck. And they do. And then it's like, cut it out, cut it out. Stop, stop. So after Kurt Angle speaks, it's, Something, something, something. You suck. No, cut it out. Play my music. No, 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 wait. Don't, 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 don't. You suck. And Edge is just conducting the crowd. You've all seen it. A lot of people think this is where the You Suck chants start, but it is just before this. Maybe towards the end of 01. I can't put a finger on it, but... Yeah, it's fun, but also, unfortunately, we're at the... Uh, the peak, not not even the peak yet, of the what chants that have not been around for a year yet. Kurt Angle is livid, and we cut to commercial. Backstage, Kurt and Y2J complain about Edge. Y2J says that he's going to take a chunk out of Edge tonight. And, you know, if there's anything I can't stand, Kurt Angle here is saying, it is a loud mouth Canadian with long blonde hair who dresses like a rock star. Hey! Oh, not you, Chris. It, you're, you're cool. Let's form a pact to watch each other's backs. Our opening contest is Tajiri versus the Hurricane, and Tori is out here wearing a geisha. Get it? Because Tajiri's Japanese. Get it? So, Taz asks, how does she cook in that? Oh, man. Oh, the misogyny is uh, is there. And stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Tajiri has a rematch with Billy Kidman at Backsplash for the Cruiserweight Championship. Hurricane goes for a hurricane handshake, 
but Tajiri not so politely declines. Tajiri trips over the apron, goes for a Topekon hello by the hurricane into a super sunset flip by him and a two count. Tajiri lands a really nice kick and Michael Cole thinks that Tajiri should be more of a gentleman to Tori and Taz calls her a Jezebel. So Taz has been listening to some JR commentary while taking notes and Cole's like, what the hell is a Jezebel? Read the Bible and you'll find out, kids. Tajiri has a really nice Hurricane Rana to the outside and in the ring, the Hurricane has a Hurricane Rana of his own and a nice, crisp, grilled T-Bone suplex. The tarantula is reversed into the eye of the Hurricane, but Tajiri has his foot on the ropes. Hurricane goes for the super kick, but Tajiri manages to land the buzzsaw kick and win the match. Tajiri brings Tori in into the ring and begins berating her in Japanese to deafening what chance? Get it? Because he's speaking a foreign language that's not English. Get it? And and out of the camera's range, Billy Kidman lands a missile dropkick on Tajiri, who is being ever the gentleman to his then current wife, Tori Wilson. Backstage, Stacy goes to Vince's office and bends over right in front of the camera because she has legs. Insert Kid Rock theme here, <clears throat> actually. Stacy Keebler then lounges on the couch and Taz wishes that he was said couch. <clears throat> okay, I am just a man. Anyways, Slam of the Week is brought to you by Adidas Climb a Cool Shoes. Feel the breeze. And it is last week on SmackDown when Albert booted Scotty Too Hotty. Smashed him with the Baldo Bomb, effectively ending their run as the second iteration of Too Cool. Speaking of Albert and Scotty, the next match is that. Albert coming to the ring with his awesome new theme. And as soon as he gets in the ring, he gives Jimmy Corderas, shout out to that referee, a really nasty look, kind of threatening him. And Jimmy just, he wants none of that. And speaking of Scotty Too Hotty, he is returning to Maine for a Limitless Wrestling event coming up fairly soon. I'm going to have to get back into watching them as uh, we sponsored Double Vision with them last year. And uh, from what I've seen from them since then, it's been fairly entertaining. Alec Price, the prize, has been a very great champion. Anthony Green made his return there. He had a run with the title for a little bit himself. And I'm, I'm forgetting some stuff. The, the Main Street Posse. Of course, my boy Big Beef is there. Had a hell of a dog collar match with... Uh, can't think of the guy's name, but the, the Root of All Evil, who was in the 
GCW Battle Royal prior to the world a couple of weeks ago. Anyways here, shout out to Limitless Wrestling. I hope all's going well over there. Albert just batters Scotty right away. Right away. Scotty couldn't even get his jacket off. <clears throat> Giggity. And eventually we have the Bulldog and W-O-R-M. It wasn't very effective. Boom. Bicycle kick by Albert Baldo Bomb and the win. There was a post-match beatdown. And then Scotty's former too cool running mate, Rikishi, makes the save, super kicks the man out of the ring, and we have kind of a too cool reunion here. You know, Rikishi, of course, spent most of 2001 as a heel, as a bad man. So two cools on the same page again. Well, obviously with the exception of Brian Christopher, Grandmaster Sexay who was at the WWA event just three days after this in Australia. Backstage, Stacy Keebler is reading a WWE magazine, lounging on the couch. Vince McMahon comes in here and reminds him of the offer that Stacy made. Vince says that there are other candidates interviewing for this job, and I'm going to interview them tonight in the ring. And Stacey Keebler must be in the mob because she says that she'll give Vince an offer that he can't refuse. Backstage, we have Main Event Maven and Al Snow having a face-off with Billy, Chuck, and Rico. Rico is making fun of Maven's plain shirt and his eyebrows. Al Snow asks Rico... <clears throat> he calls Rico Wolverine... And asks him where the rest of the X-Men are. Oh yeah, that's because the X-Men movie was... No, the sequel was about to come out in 02. Ooh, X2. Underrated comic book movie. He calls Baven a fashion emergency, that is Rico, and says that his eyebrows need waxing. Backstage, Hulk Hogan is interviewed by Charmel. Let me tell you something. He wants one more time to be champion. He gives Triple H credit, and Chris Jericho interrupts the Hulkster, saying that you should be worried about that match. You have nothing to lose, but Triple H does. Because if you beat him for the title, the eight months of rehab, winning the title at WrestleMania 18, all goes down the drain. Triple H is on the defensive and dangerous. He will do what it takes to win the match and retain the title. Chris Jericho here just being a little poo disturber, sowing the seeds of disrespect. Next up here, we have Y2J versus Edge. Two Canadians walk into a bar and politely let each other go ahead until one has had enough. We are polite up here, folks. But to a point. Smackdown Tonight is brought to you by Ultimate Fights from the Movies, now on DVD. Truth, the teenage quit smoking campaign. And <laughs> here we go. The Scorpion King, starring The Rock, opening in theaters April 19th, 2002. And I saw that movie on my 18th birthday. We're going to get there because it's in the month that this podcast is in. There, of course, is a schmoz 
going on around the ring, banging each other off the announce desk, giggity. Edge has a high crossbody right out of Ricky Steamboat's playbook here. Chris Jericho has an eye rake, and the crowd begins chanting, has been, to Jericho. Maybe in 2022, but not in 2002. And Michael Cole goes on to say that the WWE is coming to Canada this week to Halifax and Quebec City. Edge gains the advantage of the forearm. A super sunset flip is reversed into the walls of Jericho. A counter from that gets the two count. Kurt Angle runs in but gets speared. Chris Jericho has the face buster. Does not go for the lion salt. <clears throat> I mean, he does go for the lion salt. Edge gets the knees up. Edge lands the edge matic Another ref bump. Edge locks in the submission hold. The educator. Kurt Angle is visibly tapping. Jericho has a chair. But Edge spears him with the chair in hand. Angle hot shots Edge on the top rope. Roll up with the tights. Jericho wins and Edge chases them away. There was a brawl to the back. A two-on-one. Angle slammed to the concrete and ankle lock on Edge. While Chris Jericho is talking trash to him, Hulk Hogan runs in. Chris Jericho cheap shots the Hulkster and it is broken up. In the ring, Vince McMahon is now here to conduct an interview for his assistant. Assistant. Did I see assistant right? Ass? Anyways. Candidate number one is this Ruth Bader Ginsburg lookalike who gets booed out of the arena. Just this, you know, preppy looking, older, clean, square lawyer girl named Sylvia Johnson. Who can type 95 words a minute and it is fluent in three languages, including several computer languages. She wants to work overtime and do what it takes to do personal tasks. And Vince McMahon says that she is not his type and bends her off. Number two is the guy from American Pie. No, I mean Steve from Blue's Clues. Taz says Taz here. Gets asshole chance right away, and Vince McMahon just tells him to get out immediately without even saying anything else. Number three is some moderately attractive middle-aged woman named Sue Atchison. Now, why that name sounds familiar, I'm going to have to get on the Google machine for that. Oh, <laughs> she was a longtime WWE employee from Talent Relations and who won the Warrior Award at the 2019 Hall of Fame. Oh my goodness, some kayfabe blending in with the reality here. She can also cut 95 words a minute, and the guys in the crowd want puppies. Well, your local animal shelter is not too far from this arena. Oh, you mean tits. Pfft, pervs. And Vince says that you are qualified, but there is someone else going for the job. Out comes Stacy Keebler to show Vince why she's qualified. Taz says that uh, he cracked the announce desk because he has a boner. And uh, kids, that was the night that Hook was conceived. Said Hook.
to Taz's wife's uterus. <laughs> Anyways, Stacy Keebler uh, crawls on the desk and does a little dance here. And this is where you get all those Vince McMahon gif reactions. You know, when he falls out of the chair. So when a female wrestler or a female wrestling fan is uh, giving us a thirst trap, that's the gifts that all the dudes send. Well, all the ones that aren't sending dick pics, do not ever do that, folks. And Vince McMahon, uh, after Stacy shows a little bum, lifts up her skirt to see the thong, you're hired. Backstage, SmackDown's Velocity roster has a chat about Mark Henry, who is going to show us a feat of strength later in the show. Velocity wouldn't be a thing for a couple of months yet. But we go on. Metal and Jacked, I think we're very much still a thing here. So, there is a not a knock on the door. Someone walks in and, you know, Vince is like, Oh, Stacy, you don't have to knock, but it's Devon Dudley. Barges into Vince's office wearing a suit. Then he begins preaching the gospel. Testify. I found the man above and God told me to concern myself with the sinners, but I need a benefactor. Devon got his Bachelor of Theology in one week. That's a feat that took me four years to take. <sighs> man, what a jerk. And I was barking up the wrong tree when I was going for my bachelor's degree. So, Vince McMahon agrees to be the benefactor. And Devon Dudley then quotes a Bible verse. He begins reading from the book of Malachi, chapter 3. I think it's like, he says Malachi 3, 8, but he goes on a couple of verses past. It's like, With a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But I ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. And then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And kind of goes on through the rest of it here. Uh, Devon giving us a sermon on tithing. To pour a blessing over SmackDown. Backstage in the parking lot here. There's a bit here with Mark Henry, you know, Ron Simmons, Test, Funaki, Hugh Morris and all these people here. Mark Henry holds a limo with his legs while leaning against the wall and pushing on the limo with his legs while Test is stepping on the gas. Test steps on the gas a little too long, which tires out Mark, and he eventually gets chased out. But hey, he has immunity. He can commit vehicular homicide and still not get fired. And that was a thing. Mark Henry had recently made his comeback to the WWE after spending a year and a bit on the injured reserve and in OVW. Mark has trimmed down a little bit here, but we are a long ways away from the Hall of Pain, but it's great to see Mark Henry back in here in the mix of things, and the sky's the limit. It only goes up for here for Mizark Henry. Up next is Chuck Palumbo versus Al Snow. What does everybody want? What does everybody need? Maven! And tonight, following SmackDown, Tough Enough Season 2 begins, and 
I'll talk a little bit more about Tough Enough 2 as it progresses. Rico tries a distraction here, and Chuck gains the advantage to the really nice overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Al Snow goes for one, but he does that awesome trapped headbutt spot here and a backdrop. The snowplow is reversed, and uh, Billy pulls Al's leg. Al lands the sky high on Chuck Palumbo. Rico distracts <clears throat> Al Snow here, but main event Maven chases him away. Billy lands a lariat on Al in the ring. There is a two count. Eventually, Al Snow hits the snowplow, the Northern Lights bomb, on Chuck Palumbo and wins this match. Backstage, Triple H and Hulk have a chat about Jericho and Angle. Says that Hulk has Triple H's back, but H says thanks, but no thanks. Kurt Angle versus Triple H in a rematch from the Royal Rumble 2001. The pedigree is reversed. Angle gets a sunset flip, and his tights fell down, exposing his his blue thong and his ass. And Kurt Angle goes a good portion of this match before realizing that his butt was out. German suplex and a two count. Belly to belly, a sleeper, and then a suplex by Triple H to get out of said sleeper. There's a sign of the crowd. Sign of the night. Hogan fears Honky Tonk Man. That is going to win. You have to keep an eye out for some good signs. The high knee, the neck breaker, and the double A spine buster by Triple H. Chris Jericho pulls the ref out. Pedigree, nope. Bulldog. Lion Salt by Triple H here. Hogan makes the save. Pedig- and behind all this chaos, the ref was still down through all this interference bullcrap. The pedigree on to Kurt Angle and Triple H, I almost said Chris Jericho, wins a chaotic yet fun TV match. Afterwards, Triple H grabs the mic and says... To Hulk Hogan, stay away until backsplash. Hulk gets a cheap shot by Jericho, thinks that Triple H did it, and while Triple H's back is turned, Hulk is hulking up, brother. And then, you know, he, he doesn't do like the you boots Triple H, leg drop. He grabs a belt, kind of poses with it, but kind of points at Triple H and like, hey, this belt's going to be mine, bitch. And then Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle jump them both to end this show. That was admittedly a pretty fun episode of SmackDown. I know that they're going to get a lot better from here, especially when like John Cena debuts. Uh, Randy Orton is coming actually later this month on the show. And I'm looking forward to all this, folks. That has been it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. Please Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Listen to all of our shows on Wrestle Attic Radio. We are the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. The Kings of the Rings Podcast, who live stream every Wednesday night on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and if you're blessed enough to have it, King Ricky's personal Facebook. So... Join the fun there. They usually start at about 7.30, 7.45 with the pre-show. Main show starts at 8. And there is a post-show that mostly has 
them talking about what food they're going to order from Skip the Dishes that night. Although this week, Will and Ricky and I had a good chat about the Nintendo Switch. So, yeah, get you get to join all of that fun. And, of course, the recently returned Mr. YLP himself, Zach. The Young Lions Perspective every Saturday. So, Mr. Fretz out, folks. Thank you very much. Have a blessed week. And we'll see you next time.